Sith brothers and sisters, rebel scum on the run, Star Wars fans, it's your girl, Holly. Happy home day, yeah! Hope everybody's doing well, hope everybody's healthy. And we live to see another week, folks. I uh, wanted to wait until my weekly podcast to talk about um, how I felt about the Mandalorian episode that dropped on Friday. Wanted to give everybody an extra couple of days. Um, Been kind of seeing hit and miss on some of the groups that jumped the gun. So uh, I figured, you know what, it probably just works best to incorporate that with my weekly episode. And it gives you guys a couple minutes of listening to me. So all is well. Um, I have a couple days before my tattoo. We'll say a day and barely a half. Uh, So really looking forward to the tattoo and getting to show it off and put lucky number eight in its rightful place. And uh, just kind of looking back and kind of really reflecting on this whole tattoo journey that I've kind of found myself on uh, just mainly this year really because I only got one last year in August and the rest I've gotten March, June, July, August, September, October. So now that November's upon us it's like holy shit we really uh we've really gone to town but uh in case you've been living in the desert on Tatooine, um, you would already know that by now, that uh, that's one of the ways that I like expressing my love for Star Wars, and it allows me to be able to communicate and meet all walks of life. I think that, um, in a way, it kind of also makes me approachable to a wide range of people because my uh my tattoos aren't really scary so um yeah really excited and so thankful to be at this spot in my life where I can do it and um live life on my terms with no excuses and um very thankful of course, with it being also the month of Thanksgiving, just, uh, I guess while I'm at it for each week that I record in November, I'll, uh, tell you guys something that I'm thankful for. And of course, I think the first thing that does not really need, um, much introduction, of course, is just being thankful for living the way that I want to um, and having that freedom to be able to express myself um, and uh, yeah that's what I'm thankful for I'm thankful for 
Did I just say I was thankful for no rules? Hmm. I guess that's one way you could look at it. But, uh, yeah. Say la vie, folks. Please, in the comments below or in the group page on Facebook, tell me some of the things that you are thankful for. Uh, and I always, um, want to also be very much appreciative for those of you who listen every week, uh, and support, uh, especially actively support Dan and Brian, especially you guys have been really, um, really expressive and have given me probably the most feedback on everything. So I just, I really want to thank you guys for joining this journey with me through the galaxy and just allowing me to connect with you guys and just really, um, share what Star Wars means to me and allowing me to, uh, connect with you guys more so than anybody else. So again, thank you as always. And in case you haven't, like, comment, subscribe, share, retweet, hashtag, uh, and uh, get the word out there. Always love connecting with new fans. And those of you who have uh, supported me since day one. So that's my thankful rant for this week. Um, so let's... Let's see. I'm going to do the Age of Republic special comic review first. Just because it is the Clone Wars review. And uh, I wanted to also, if there are those of you who have still not watched The Mandalorian, you can at least listen to the meat and potatoes of the podcast. And then if you have to sign off when I talk about the episode, then so be it. Um, not really going to get a whole lot into spoilery stuff anyway, just more or less what I thought. Um, cause I've actually only watched it once. Um, but getting back to comic review, uh, this week, the age of Republic special has, uh, I'm trying to see here. We had one, two, three, for five little short stories. So it was a little longer than a normal one-off Age of the Republic. Uh, but then again, these five stories um, don't necessarily connect to one another. It's just different characters so far. And kind of they're, they're off doing their own thing. And it just happens to be, I guess, taking place around the same time. Um, you've got Mace Windu. Uh, starting out being captured by, uh, I'm probably going to seriously butcher this name, Koyosk and Kia on a planet called Usalon. And let's see, the leader looks like Grievous is what I put. Uh, his name is Guataco. Um, let's see. 
He's kidnapped 26 kids, which he calls the newest freedom fighters. Um, is responsible for um, 80,000 kilometers worth of tunnel building and has rebuilt, let's see, all of this is apparently funded by the Huts. Jedi show up. Mace Windu asks about Kia, and Yoda says no. So, oy vey. So this kiosk, this kiosk, or however you pronounce his name, Mace Windu gets captured by him. Jedi show up. He gets defeated. Um, Mace Windu goes to ask Yoda about one of his captors, and Yoda says no. Um, that's short story number one. Um, second story takes place on Coruscant with Ventress. Um, turns in the bounty. F uh, turns in bounty. One for Ahsoka comes down. Um, let's see. She attacks a guy uh, who, I guess, tries to take a girl hostage and she lets the girl go um, because she knows what it's like to have sisters and lose them. Um, yeah, these short stories are really, really short. Um, third story uh, involves Rex and General Skywalker during the Battle of Arantara. Rex ends up getting hurt. Wow, that's really all I wrote for that one. Damn, that was short. Um, fourth, <laughs> fourth short story is the Battle of Mimbom with the 501st and General Lon Teak. Um, let's see. They end up pulling out due to heavy fire. Senator Jar Jar gets a lightsaber and kills a bunch of droids, which is funny. Um... And I apparently also laughed when he asked for Saber Lighty back. And uh, one of the clones says no. Um, so rather than calling it a lightsaber, he calls it Saber Lighty. So that's Jar Jar stuff for you. Um, the very last story um, is Ventress uh, and talking about, let's see. Oh, it's not a story. It is those um, back info panels. So with Ventress from Dathomir, um, unused concept apprentice for Palpatine in Episode 2, trained by Jedi Knight Kai Narek, uh, killed. Uh, when he was killed, her anger led her to Dooku. Palpatine ordered Dooku to kill her. Talks about, uh, I wrote down some info on Rex. Uh, his friendships with Obi-Wan Kenobi, Anakin, and Ahsoka. Uh, he removes the chip after Order 66. 
Um, and as I think it wrote down where he lived two decades after the, t uh, hold on. Yeah, so there was actually only four little short stories. So this info was all back page stuff on characters that at the time were just now being talked about in the comics a little bit more. This is my first time writing and talking about Rex. Um, Ventress a little bit. Um, and of course, as I get further and further into the epic collection, she's even more in those. But, um, yeah, that was a really short Age of the Republic special. Like I said, these, um, even the special, um, the special, how do you say it? The Age of Republic special issue, still a bunch of short stories that don't connect to one another, but just talks about different things going on in the time period, so... Just word of caution if and when you get into these. Um, the next one on deck is the Age of Republic Padme. And I know I mentioned to you guys I was going to do the Grievous one. I still need to get on that. I have been making more and more headway in the Epic Collections now that I've finished The Office. So I can focus a lot more on that in Mando. So... I will tack that on to next week because next week is only um, Age of Republic Padme. And then after that is a good one, Darth Maul's Son of Dathomir series. Um, I'm going to put it out there that next to Target Vader, so far that I've read, this is arguably my favorite one that I've read. And is also, for those of you who don't know, it's the only Dark Horse series that is still considered canon. So, this is, I believe, aside from one other, um, one other Darth Maul um, series that I talked about earlier, the other rest of them are considered non-canon because they're Dark Horse. There's like Death Sentence... Um, um, shoot. There's at least one more. There's an older Darth Maul series from, like, um, early millennial stuff. Um, I think it's actually just called Darth Maul, if I'm not mistaken. But, yeah, there's a couple. Um, this is arguably the best Darth Maul series. Simply because it's the only Dark Horse it's still considered canon, and it goes into, um, don't want to get ahead, but really excited to share that one with you guys, because it pretty much almost brings you guys up to almost where I'm at with the comics now. Um, but next week, we've got Age of Republic Padme. I'll make sure I read Grievous. Um, that is my comic review for this week. So, for those of you who have not had time to watch The Mandalorian, I look forward to talking to you guys next week. As always, showing off and talking about my new tattoo. And please, for the love of God, this is your homework assignment. If you have not watched episode one already, 
by the time I record next week and talk about episode two that comes out on Friday, you've better watched both episodes. So just word to the wise. So if you have not watched Mando, then you can safely exit if you do not want any spoilers. Good night. Love you. Don't love you. Um, have fun escaping from Hoth when my boys show up. <laughs> so, Mando review. I will say that before I get into what I thought of the episode, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I actually probably have at least once. The first season of Mandalorian, because I'm not a big Boba Fett fan, it took me a couple episodes to really get into season one. It's probably about three or four when the Empire showed up or started to show up, where I saw the ATST with the red eyes and Moff Gideon shows up in episode after. It just, that's when they really hit their stride. Um, this first episode of season two. I thought it was okay. I um I was expecting a little more than what we got, but at the same time, I knew that they weren't going to necessarily, how do we say it, blow their load on the first episode, like any big reveals, although we technically the end is kind of a big reveal. Um of course, Boba Fett showing up at the end. Um I thought that was uh thought that's a pretty probably one of the only really parts of the episode where I perked up a little bit but I have to admit I mean it's it's the first episode and of course a lot of it is you know first chunk first little chunk of it was a recap but this new Cobb Vance um, character I just mm, I honestly thought that Timothy Oliphant's character, I thought he was a little too tall and lanky in the Mandalorian armor. I just, I don't know what it is. When I first saw him, you could just tell that it was just like, um, looked like somebody that woke up after an all night binger came home at 6am and it's like, where have you been? Um, <laughs> that's what it reminded me of I just ugh, I don't know I just I I, ugh, I just I don't know I just wasn't uh, something about his character and I think it was just the way he looked he just looked so disheveled and eesh. I just plus also mm. He's on Tatooine. He's not Team Empire. Um, so maybe that's what it is. Who knows? Maybe that's that's my own subliminal messaging. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's why I wasn't impressed with this episode. I don't know. Um, but the episode starts out where um, Mando ends up going to ask for Gore Koresh. And he's being told to enjoy the fights and he's trying to locate others of his kind to help him uh, and 
help him find Baby Yoda's kind. Um, ends up using one of his uh, guns to shoot at one of the Gamorians in the ring and triggers this whole fight. Uh, finally, he gets out that um, that there's a Mando that he knows on uh, Tatooine and hence that brings in the guy called the Marshal, a.k.a. Timothy Oliphant, a.k.a. Cobb Vanth. Um, and you can kind of tell just because he obviously, when, when the marshal shows up at the bar, he sits down, takes his helmet off and it's like, okay, this is clearly not a real Mandalorian. Um, they talk about, uh, Mos Pelgo and, um, network of coverts and just, trying to find more Mandos and let's see R5 shows the map of Tatooine the old mining settlement he ends up taking a speeder bike talks to and befriends uh sand people aka Tuscan Raiders um the thing that got me which probably gonna I'm not going to call CPA, but he kind of leaves Baby Yoda just kind of on the back of the bike while he goes into the bar um, and asks about the marshal. And uh, I was just like, um, I don't understand the logic behind that. You know people are out looking for this guy, and you kind of put a big target on yourself for going back, even though you delivered him, you kidnapped him back, and I just, oof. Leaves Baby Yoda unsupervised on the back of a bike. I just, mm, little irresponsible. But anyways, so there is this crate dragon and he and Marshall ends up asking, like, hey, I'll give you the armor if you help me kill it. Uh, trying to use the Bantha as bait. Let's see. While they're riding to scout out where the crate dragon hangs out, you know, he talks about Tatooine and, you know, the second Death Star blowing up and that, you know, even though the occupation was over, um, that the mining collective showed up and occupied the place after, after that happened. Um, he wandered for days and the Jawas picked him up on their sand crawler. And he ended up trading some stolen crystals for the Mandalorian armor. Um, let's see. They show up at the abandoned Sarlacc pit where this dragon sleeps. And they go to attempt to feed it a bantha. And instead it eats a sand person instead. Um... And they just talk about how ways that they can try and kill this thing. Talking about how the belly's the weak spot. And they use and bury explosives and try to lure it out. And once it gets over the spot to blow it up. Um, he puts, eventually puts the marshal on child duty. And gets swallowed by this thing. And ends up blowing it up from the inside. And, um... He wins back the Mandalorian armor. And the... Tuscan Raiders end up carving it up for meat and they find this and I wasn't quite sure couldn't tell if it was an egg or what it was but they end up pulling this orb or pearl or whatever the hell it is out at the very end um, before he gets the armor back um, and of course 
riding off into the sunset, looking at him from below, you see uh, Shimura. Uh, really can't pronounce his, the guy's name very well, but a.k.a. Boba Fett, uh, kind of watching everything down from below. So curious where episode two will go. Like I said, I wasn't expecting any anything too big, but um, I just, I thought the episode was okay for what it was. Um, it is just the first episode, so you can't, um, you got to do a little bit each week. If you gave everything up on the first episode, then wouldn't give people a reason to tune in would you so like I said I thought the episode was okay I'm glad it's back I'm glad that we have um eight weeks of stuff to talk about on our weekly episodes so let me know what you thought of the episode for those of you out there who are big boba fans if you agree with me, disagree, anything that you noticed, if you've watched it several times, uh, let me know what you think. Um, but yeah, I just it took me a couple episodes to get warmed up the first season, so it should be no surprise that the one person I really wanted to see wasn't in this episode. So I'm waiting for Moff fucking Gideon. So hopefully he's in this week because that's my dude. So... Hope you all have a good night. Hope you all have a good rest of your week. And we, of course, will talk again next week. Until then, may the force be with you guys.